Hi, and welcome to Unquenchable Hope. I'm Luanne Botta. And I'm Marianne Crum. We know it's hard to hang on to hope in a world that sometimes seems bent on stealing it, but it's not impossible. So stay tuned as we tackle all kinds of issues and talk about how, you know, no matter what this world dishes out, you can live with unquenchable hope. Hello, everybody. Glad that you're spending a little bit of time with us today. And before we get started into our next subject, I want Luann to share something that she's very excited about, and so am I. And you remember a couple of weeks ago, she mentioned the golf clubs again, and I began (laughs) singing It's Raining Butters from Heaven, Uh, Yes, and it actually did. Tell us about that. Okay. First of all, welcome back. That's how I feel like <laughs> after missing a couple That's of shows. That's right. Yes. Heidi did a phenomenal job. Phenomenal. She's very good. You guys did a great job together, and I'm glad she was here to fill in. So thanks, Heidi. But yes, absolutely. No, I mentioned it, first of all, months and months ago about one of the nice golf clubs. I never had them, never splurged for them. So, and when I mentioned that I wanted golf clubs, one of my former students who graduated in 1990 <laughs> from the, the Christian Academy that I worked at heard me say that. And she got a hold of her two sisters. Hi, V. Hi, Sonia. And about four more of their friends, former students, and they, unbeknownst to me, obviously, they collaborated and gave me a check for $1,000 to buy my brand new set of golf clubs. That's right. Plus some people from here. Plus some people, I was going to say, plus some (laughs) other people who had wind of it added a couple hundred dollars also with that. Mm. So I was so taken back because I never, ever expected that, first of all, number one. And number two, the bulk of that coming from these former students Mm -hmm. meant a lot. Yeah. I haven't seen them since they graduated a long time ago. I thank them all individually via Messenger on Facebook, Mm -hmm. and then they all individually wrote back. But one student, I want to say, he said to me, you don't understand how many times we talked about you throughout the years and what you put inside so many of us. And then he said, I pray that every time you swing these new clubs, you'll know how much you're loved. Mm, That's true. And I just cried my eyes out. It was a great surprise. And (laughs) And I am grateful for all the other women that added to that. Tammy got a hold of me and I sent out a text to just a few ladies here that I knew, knew Luann in minutes. Every one of them. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so awesome. But really it is, is true. We do want you to feel loved every time you see those. Yeah. And we're playing in a, a oh. charity golf tournament in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So we'll see how they work. So thank you. You can't blame the clubs now, right? No, it's it's not the clubs. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on. Okay. I don't know. Were you ever a jogger? Did you like to run? Yes, I was. For a little bit. And then I decided not to like it anymore. But uh, yeah, I didn't mind it. But yeah. I never had to decide not to like it. (laughs) I never liked it, but I did it because I I needed to do it in order to play the kind of tennis I wanted to play, but I hated it. I don't remember ever wanting to quit any sport, any sport that I have ever been involved in in my whole life, but I hate every minute that I've ever had to run distance. All I could ever think about was just, I want to be done with this. (laughs) I want to be done. Some people actually feel that sensation or that horrible feeling of, I just want to be done. I just want to get out of this in areas that are a lot more important than jogging. So we're going to spend the next few podcasts 
on never giving up. Just don't give up. Don't quit. And encouraging you, we hope that if you're in that place, that you'll hang on. And there's a ton of scriptures on this subject, because I think God knows it's very hard in this fallen world. And he uses our walk as a race. When you run the race, you run the race to win. Why couldn't he put it in there as a tennis match? <laughs> <laughs> Three out of five sets. Yeah. Why did it have to be running? No, it's running. It is really it is running. running. It's running the race to win. Yeah. And those who run all run for a prize. And it's not for the worldly stuff. It's for the gaining of, of heaven yeah. and eternal life and bringing as many people as we can with us. So he put it all out there, but it's very hard. It's challenging. So and, and it seems like the toughest part often is in the middle. Yes, it's always You in know, the I know when I, I didn't ever run marathons or anything even close to that, but you do get a certain distance and then you get a second wind. But right before that is when you want with everything in you to quit. Yes. You know, I have a very good friend. She runs 100 miles. It's crazy. But what? Yeah, yeah. At she, one time? Yes. <laughs> yeah, she does. What is the she's matter awesome. with her? I oh, know, she's awesome. We call her the beast. So her, her and her husband run these things like crazy. I think she's run 12 of them so far. People do it. In like, one in one chunk. chunk. They don't sleep. You just keep running. She says, sometimes she'll walk. And she says, and then when you get at a certain point, you really want to give up. But because... Yeah, about yeah. mile 84, right? <laughs> this is what's so cool about it. You know, we can relate so much about not giving up in the different sports. But she said that at a certain point, obviously you want to quit and you just don't because you have this focus ahead of you. I told her, I said, boy, that relates so much to us about our lives. If we don't keep our eyes on that prize of of eternity or what God has done for us, we'll quit. That's right. And a lot have. But if you keep your eye on the finish line, I think that's why towards the end, you get that extra burst. Oh, yeah. Uh, No, she said, then she can finish and she's, uh, and then she just smiles. Then she just sleeps and then she's fine the next day. I'm like, what kind of (laughs) knees does this woman have? Nothing bothers her. And she's in her early 50s. Wow. And she's, she's awesome. That is something. Yes, I know. Okay. Right, I, so I personally have never known anyone that ran no, that far. When she first told us she ran on in 50, I'm like, 50? 50, 50 miles? I know. <laughs> <laughs> then all of a sudden, now she's like 100 miles. Wow. Yeah, she's awesome. All right. All right so go ahead. Well, I, I may not recover <laughs> from that. Sorry. Just hearing about it, let alone trying to do it. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been tempted to quit something that you knew God had called you to do? Oh, dear Lord, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's a rhetorical question. I mean, seriously thought. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, very much so. And it had everything to do with with ministry. Yeah, wanting to quit. Are you going to explain or do you? Yeah, no, I can explain to a certain extent because I'm still here not quitting I can't tell you how how many tears and how many mm. times I had to run to either a good friend or one of my siblings to say, I don't want to do this anymore. I just don't want to. You know, there's a cost to things that God asks of us to do. Mm-hmm. There's a cost. You have to be a, a preacher of the gospel for there to be a cost. There's a cost to everything. That we- and because it can be lonely, because it can be frustrating, because you're not seeing some open doors when you thought you would, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of studying of the word. There's just so much, I'm being honest. I just felt that again the other day, mm-hmm. thinking, you know what, should I just stop? But I think the biggest part is, God, He didn't take us this far to leave you. Mm-hmm. And so I have to keep saying that to myself, even though it doesn't look like anything that I would ever have thought it would look like. 
because I just thought there would just be a little bit more. But at times, and not right now, but in earlier times, yes, I was going to quit. And yes, it was going to be, I'm walking away from all of this. You know, what it makes me think of when you were just saying that was where Paul talked about being constrained by the gospel. Oh, mm -hmm. It's almost like when you've been doing this kind of stuff as long as you and I have, mm -hmm. there is no quitting. We're out here in no man's land. We, we can't yeah. just pretend like that God's not calling us to do mm -hmm. stuff. You'd be miserable if you weren't doing no, it. No, I know. Yeah, you're right. And I have thoughts even now, just maybe should I just go do something else too and just do this on the side, which doesn't feel like me because I just have a lot inside that I so feel like should be shared, but that's not up to me. I'm kind of wrestling with all that. But yes, there's definitely times where I've wanted to quit. We're going to go through in just a minute and talk about some reasons I think that Christians or yes. believers quit. Yeah. This is such a big subject that I sat down two days ago, I guess, and started thinking about this. And that was one of the days I wanted to quit. <laughs> like, oh, my brain hurts. I'm tired. I don't want to be doing this. I don't want to be studying. It's what you're talking about. Yeah, it's not like we get, we get paid for this. Yeah, right. But yeah. I always benefit so much from doing it, but you have to be committed. Yes, you do. Whether you're getting paid or you're not getting paid, yes. that's irrelevant if God calls you to do something. Yes, right. If I can add one thing, because I was just thinking about it. When mm. I wrote the girl's teenage book, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, did I want to quit. That was the first book I ever wrote. And I remember halfway through, I'm like, I know, I'm not doing this. I know I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do it. And I heard the Lord as plain as day, finish it, finish it. Mm. So I had to write on an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper on my desk in the office that I had, do not quit. And I had it stuck to the table till I finished that book because I so wanted to quit. I just didn't want to finish it. And a lot of that, as you well know, is spiritual yes. warfare. Yes, yeah. yeah. But whew, it was strong. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Who cares? Yeah. You know, you start getting all this attitude and you just don't want to finish it. And oh my gosh, he wouldn't let me alone. Finish and, it. And we'll talk about this in just a minute, but it's almost harder on the other side when you have been obedient and you've done it, and then it doesn't really turn out the way that you thought it was going to. And then you're doing all this second guessing. Did yeah. I just spend all that time for nothing? Yeah. And we'll get to that because that's hard too. Because then yeah. you you begin to want to make those inner vows of, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> yeah. You know, what was that about? Yeah, that's exactly that's right. That same voice though exactly of the right. accuser. Yes. All right. So I was thinking about if there was anything that I had been really tempted to quit. And honestly, and I would not have done this, but I think about six or seven years into our marriage, I think a lot of people go through mm -hmm. that. You talk about the seven year itch or yes. whatever. And mm -hmm. I just was constantly frustrated. It just felt like we weren't communicating, Joe and I weren't. And I got into a real funk about that. And it seemed like I was just focusing on that. I'm sure he felt like I was too. Yeah. And again, I was not going to divorce him or leave him or anything over this. But just in my mind, I, it was almost like I was at that point yes. of emotionally quitting. Mm -hmm. Like I just give That's up. Huge. I don't, I mean, it yeah. really is. Mm -hmm. And then honestly, the thing that changed was I stopped obsessing over my idea of what a perfect marriage would be. Mm -hmm. I stopped reading all the marriage books. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, no, it was really yes. about my expectations mm -hmm. that were wrong. Mm -hmm. And also, and this is not really related to our subject. And yet I feel like I need to say this because I'm talking to a lot of women who are in this place, I think what happened was God just gave me a picture of how much he loved my husband. 
how much he loved Joe and how out of all the people in the world, he had chosen me to be his conduit of love to Joe. Wow. Was I going to accept that assignment or was I going to keep acting like a, you know, horse's patootie (laughs) with my ridiculous expectations? That's very When I began to see that in terms of am I fulfilling not just my vow to Joe, but also a vow to the Lord. Yes. And that really just changed that everything. That sounds like a wake-up call, kind of. Oh, it was huge. Yeah. I was actually at a counseling conference where a speaker started talking about idolatry. And mm-hmm. I realized I had made my idea of what a marriage should be into an idol. And here Joe had all these great qualities and great yeah. characteristics, yeah. but he's kind of a quiet guy. And it's like I had made this one thing out to be this gigantic thing that made me want to quit. Yeah. Now, it is true that I was a communication major. So, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, communication is <laughs> a big is deal. big on my list. Yeah, but sure. I knew I was marrying an engineer. So, yeah. Duh. <laughs> this is killer. Yeah. Killer quiet. Yeah. Yeah. No. But still, you can get blind to. So many good things when you get yeah. obsessed over That's something. Good. That's good. I've been discouraged in ministry and in writing and had closed doors and, and all those kind of things, but I really am sort of just a person that is constrained by commitment. Yes. And so I talked about this, I think, in one of the recent podcasts. I was just kind of all in from the beginning, so there That's was right. no like looking yep. back yep. for me, this is it. Yep. But that doesn't mean you don't get discouraged still. Yes. So let's go over some of these reasons that I just came up with in my weird head (laughs) about, in my experience, why believers tend to give up. What are the things going on that would cause somebody to want to quit following the Lord? And one of the ones that I hear sadly fairly often is because they get hurt by other believers or they get hurt in a church. There are a lot of people out there who say, I will never be part of a church because... Somebody hurt me. And I think it's so unwise to do that. Once you're out of church for a while, and when you just stop going, mm-hmm. it's really hard to go back. Yeah. Even if it's another church, new new church family and the whole thing. When mm-hmm. That's where it's, you have to be so careful about that attitude towards others. No, they're Christian. They've never treated me like this. We are to gather together yes. as believers. And that's very powerful when you can do stuff in unity. I know there's a time that you need to heal, get it, but not year after year after year after year. There has to be a place where you forgive. Right. Because there's no perfect church. We all know it. Yeah. I mean, we're all sinners. I get it. I've been hurt by Christians. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And even thought to myself, I'm never going to work for a Christian organization again, but that's not true. I will. Mm-hmm. But at the times I would think that because of what you see, yeah. especially when you work for a church, you see behind the scenes and you're like, okay, wait a minute, this is not perfect at all. And and if you're not mature enough, then don't do it. Then don't work right. for a church. It comes back to what you just said. Do you make it an idol like you do with marriage? I think that that's where there has to be a perspective. These are all people. I know. And I always want to say, why would you reject Jesus just because people are sinners? He wasn't a sinner. Yes. Why would you turn your back on him? These would be the most extreme cases where people actually just give up their faith altogether based on what people have done to them. It's like, that's not God. No, it's not. That's not his heart. Yeah. It's funny because when I was working for a, a ministry at one point, I was always at the altar when women would come forward. And it always seemed like the Lord allowed pastor's wives to come to my Mm. line. And I think because I have a heart for who do they go to? Yeah. Who do they trust? Who does a pastor's wife trust? Or who does a pastor trust Mm -hmm. with their stuff? 
And they were hurt. They were hurt by the people in the church as a pastor's wife. Yeah, I can see that being something that would cause people to quit. Phrase going through my head on this point, but I didn't actually realize it was a scripture. A part of Romans 3, 4 says, let God be true, but every oh, man a liar. Love that one. Yeah. Even if every person is a yes. liar, God is still true. The pastor of the church I go to says fairly frequently, if you haven't been offended yet, you just haven't been here long enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's true. No, it's true. When you rub yeah. up against other people, whether it's they're true. Christians or not Christians, you have opportunity to get your feelings hurt. Yes. But I also think part of it, too, is the mindset that we go to things with. Are we going there to minister to other people, or are we going there because we're expecting something from them? Uh, yeah. You it, go with a ministry mindset, you're a lot less likely to get hurt. Yes. And I have a scripture, actually, for that. Okay. It's in Galatians 5, 7, and I didn't even know we were talking about this, but I had pulled this one out. It says, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? And then it says, this persuasion did not come from him who calls you. Interesting. Isn't that good? perfect. So who tripped you up? Was it somebody within the faith? And if so, you forgive them and move on. Because he's asking you, you were running well. Who hindered you? Proverbs 19.11, out of the Amplified, says, Good sense and discretion make a man slow to anger, and it is his honor and glory to overlook a transgression or an offense without seeking revenge and harboring resentment. Forgiveness is a whole separate subject, but it's it's kind of tied into this. It has to be. If that's the thing that is making you want to quit because of how other Christians have treated you, just get over it. Yeah. No, it's it's true. (laughs) There has to be a forgiveness. It affects you when we hold on to stuff. It affects your life. And then it affects everybody around you. I was thinking about what's the worst situation I personally have been in had the potential to derail me. Oh, yes. And it was when I was on the board of a Christian school. Oh, (laughs) man, all kinds of stuff (laughs) happen when you're on a school board. But this was a thing that blew up and threatened actually to take the whole school down. But you know, even in the midst of all of that, it never tempted me to walk away from my faith or the Lord. I knew that this was not something that he was happy with either. I couldn't really even imagine anything that would happen like that that could possibly cause me to turn my back on God. Once you know what you know, and you know the Lord, how can you turn your back on that? But it's good. It happens. No, that's that's a good one. The next one that I thought of was sometimes we're tempted to give up because we don't really understand that God's definition of success is different from ours. Yes. Or we get into things really not expecting it to be so hard. Yes. We think, well, if this is of the Lord, it's going to be easy. No. <laughs> but I mean, ask Paul about that. Yeah, Shipwreck, ask about stoned. that. <laughs> Joseph. I love his story. I know. If there's You can get so much out of that story. Yeah. We're always bringing up Abraham, but Joseph, <laughs> Joseph carries a lot of clout too. I had seen this, so I'm just going to say what I got from mm-hmm. it, that the dream that he got that he said to his brothers that you're all going to be bowing down to me, and then they got ticked off, and that's why <laughs> they wanted to kill him, you know, the uh-huh. whole brother thing. And here his dream, they interpret it wrong. They misinterpret it mm. because his dream didn't mean he was going to be the leader of Israel. Uh, he was going to oh, be right. divinely placed in a position with the power and influence to save Israel. Uh huh. So he was going to be put into a position to save them, not to lead them. Mm-hmm. But their misinterpretation of that dream caused him tremendous problems with them throwing him in the pit and then mm-hmm. him going into 
Is it Potiphar? Yeah, when Potiphar's Potiphar's house. Mm -hmm. Then Potiphar's wife has the eye for him, and he's got to ward her off, and then he's in the jail, and the cupbearer doesn't remember him. So he's just got a lot of stuff going on. For whatever reason, they don't say about him talking about, well, God, where were you? And I'm going to quit this whole thing. And you you don't see all that, because he's not knowing where God is placing him. But one thing that I see is that he was rising above it all. And we don't know how many tears he cried. We don't know his conversation with with God. We don't know if he yelled at the Lord, but he was human Mm -hmm. and he was his flesh and we can react carnally. All of us have done it. But I think what has happened is he put his loyalty and faith in God above everything else. Mm -hmm. So I bring Joseph up only because he was in that position to really say, what the heck? give up. I am not doing this. Yeah. It's kind of amazing that he maintained his integrity with Potiphar's wife. Yes. Flirting with him, coming on to him. Given that he had already been sold into slavery, yeah. and he would have been easy for him to justify, Correct. Oh God, you weren't with me then. I'm just yes. going to do what. But what I think I it's kind of, that's a perfect example. But I think also he knew there had to be favor on his life because he kept getting promoted mm-hmm. <laughs> everywhere he was going. He yeah. was just getting promoted. And I love his line. And I say this when I talk to teenagers and especially to the boys, because girls in these days definitely come on to the boys. And I just said, look at his integrity. Mm-hmm. He did not want to dishonor the Lord yeah. was his first thought. Mm-hmm. And then he did not want to dishonor his boss. That shows you that his character, but it doesn't say that he wasn't frustrated with what has happened to his life. And for those good many years, it was all over the place and things not happening the way he thought. And mm-hmm. I, wait a minute, I thought everyone was going to bow down. What the heck has happened there? You know, so he had all that stuff going on, exactly what we do. Why are we surprised? Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Yes. He told us. Yes, I And then First Peter 4, verses 12 and 13, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal yes. among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. And then it goes yes. on from there. But we, we've been warned, and yet, somehow, we think that it'll be different for us. It's yeah. going to be easy peasy. If God is for us, who can uh-huh. be against us? Yes. Which is true, but it that doesn't true. mean that you're not going to go through hard stuff. It doesn't mean there's going to be some years. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, okay, where's the hope in all this? Well, the hope in all this is is to stand. Right. And to say, you know what, God, almost like what you said before, I've made my decision. You are my God. I'll just keep walking. No matter if I'm crying, no matter if I'm disappointed, no matter if I'm discouraged, no matter if I can't see what's coming next, no matter, no matter, no matter, no matter if I feel betrayed by a a Christian friend, I'm going to keep moving and keep walking and I'm not going to walk away from the church and I'm not going to walk away from my faith. But it's a struggle. It's easier said than done, yes. But where else are we going to go? Well, exactly. It's exactly. Is that what Peter said? Well, I, don't have, uh, I don't have anywhere else to go. Yeah. So where am I going to go? I got to that point. I've already told this story. I was at surgery number 12 of a whole bunch of orthopedic things in a row and oh, yes. just was so discouraged and in so much pain and just all of it. I was just tired of the whole thing. And I hit that place like, God, how in the world? I mean, isn't there a limit to this (laughs) at some point? And that's as close as I've come to just saying, you know what? I'm just done. 
But then immediately I thought of that verse where Jesus asked his disciples, are you going to abandon me? Because a lot uh, of the people that yes. were listening to his teaching Correct. had gotten a little more challenging yes. and people were leaving because they were just there for all the miracles. And so Jesus looked at his disciples and I mean, you never know because you're just reading words on a page and you weren't there. But I always imagine that it's one of the most vulnerable yes. moments and Peter said, where, where else are we going to go? go? You have yeah. the words of life. That's right. So he experienced that. Yeah. yeah. And maybe a lot of it depends on what are you coming to the Lord for initially? Are you coming to him when you accept his gift of salvation? Are you coming because you think it guarantees you an easy life? Oh, yeah. Are you coming as kind of fire insurance Yeah, to not go to hell? Which, yeah. I mean... Some people Yeah, that's do. part of yeah, it. That is, huh? But it's, it's a whole package. <laughs> and yeah. part of that package is in this world, you're going to have tribulation. That's right. You know? no, that's right, Marianne. Those are all good thoughts because that's exactly what it's about. Well, we are running out of time. <laughs> yes, we are. We just barely scratched the <laughs> we surface. We really barely scratched the surface. Can I read a scripture to yes. end us with? This is the one that we all know, but I think it really has a lot mm-hmm. to do and it gives us hope is not quitting and next week's will be the same we're going to stay on this yeah. topic because we barely touched on it <laughs> and um but it's actually from isaiah 40 verse 28 to 31 it says do you not know have you not heard mm-hmm. the everlasting god the lord the creator of the ends of the earth does not become weary or tired his understanding is inscrutable he gives strength to the weary and to him who lacks might he increases power Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles, they will run and not get tired, and they will walk and not become weary. Amen. You have to persevere. We pray you've been encouraged today, and that you'll come back next week for more Truth and Hope. And if you'd like to know more about us, check out our websites, Those addresses are in the show notes. And hey, if this podcast encouraged you, it can probably encourage someone else. So please share it and share some hope.